This is the Grow My Clinic podcast by Clinic Mastery, where we help you deliver amazing client experiences to grow your clinic. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Grow My Clinic podcast. My name is Jack O'Brien. Thank you for joining us today. We have one of the Clinic Mastery team joining us for another episode today. I love these style of podcast episodes. Today we have with us Bridget Linden. Bridget, how are you going? Going really well, thanks, Jack. Happy to be here. Super stuff. So let's dive straight in. Bid is one of our admin mastery mentors. She helps facilitate our live events for admin mastery, is an online mentor for our digital program for practice managers and receptionists. But before all that, Bid and her husband, Mike, clinic owners, and they've done an amazing work with non-awarding soft tissue therapies and podiatry. And this story is absolutely fascinating. What they've done with their clinic is really inspiring. So make sure you stick around until the end of this episode to hear how Bid and Mike go about recruiting and training their admin team. Bid is an absolute superstar leading admin team. So we're going to dive into that. But before we do, who is Bridget Linden? What's your story? Bid, you're not a health professional. What is your background? That's right, Jack. I'm not a health professional. So my background is actually in primary teaching. Not what you'd usually expect working in private practice, but it is an amazing base. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I channel a lot of my primary school teacher organisation and management skills. If I can organise a class of 26 five-year-olds to go (laughs) swimming, I (laughs) can most definitely uh, manage organising our our small team. So that's been a really good base for me. Mm Mm-hmm. Love and it. So you've gone, from, you've gone from managing 26 five-year-olds to five 26-year-old therapists. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So each bring their own unique challenges and joys. So I actually got in, fell into this almost accidentally. I thought my husband was opening a clinic. I was on maternity leave. And I really thought, okay, I've got a year here. I'll be mm-hmm. able to help Michael set up this clinic and then I'll pop back to the classroom. Mm-hmm. Well, I was dreaming that was never going to happen. So here I am, seven and a half years later, still loving being in the clinic and and yeah. uh, supporting our team. And you said you had a, a year of maternity leave. I'm assuming that was all sunshine and roses and putting your feet up at home. I know it wasn't the case. What did that look uh, like uh, <laughs> with, with owning a clinic? That actually looked like a baby under the reception desk uh-huh. for a number of years. I had a, another child 15 months later. So as soon as one was out from under the reception desk, another one was, was under. So yeah, we right. certainly juggled much in those early days. Uh, I think that just adds to our story and, and our character as a clinic. We're a very family-based clinic. Everyone knows the kids. They're always around. Just how we roll. Mm. And there's a dog involved in the clinic fairly heavily too, isn't there? <laughs> there is a family dog, an enormous, giant, Bernese mountain dog. So he's uh, our little, huge, actually, clinic mascot. <laughs> oh, I love it. So good. And so that was seven years ago. Fast forward, you've gone from just filling in on the tools for 12 months to now being a superstar practice manager, recruiting an admin team, leading a therapist team. Tell us about what your role looks like now in your clinic. So no more babies under the table and no more receptions. I enjoy, well, I like to say that my role, my role is largely to accelerate 
the careers of my team. I love the, the coaching and the mentoring. Uh, and, yeah, managing the admin team, who we seem to have got to a point where they don't actually need management. They are fully systemised, have amazing initiative, and I just sort of support them in, in their role. Mm, super. And I love that distinction bit, and it's uh, something we've picked up on a lot of language nuances from you guys to accelerate the careers of your team is such a positive spin on management, which is a little bit drab and dreary. I'm going to pull on a couple of threads, Bid. You said that you don't need to manage your team so much. They're pretty much self-sufficient. To be able to have a team that does that, you've probably been fairly specific with the types of individuals you've, you've had inducted into your team. What are some of the keys that you've learned to recruiting specifically for admin or, or client experience officer type roles? So we, we definitely recruit largely on culture and character. So I make it known in our job advertisements that we're not looking necessarily for people with experience. And okay. to be honest, it's almost our preference that people don't have experience. So okay. we're looking for... Well, I think we provide really great training and mm -hmm. definitely well above more important than that is that they have the skills and the attitude and the character that their values are aligned with us. So we're happy to take somebody who has absolutely nailed hospitality or has experience in retail and they're bringing the attributes that we're looking for in our team and mm. then we've got the systems to support them so we can easily train, train them in the role. So to me, that sort of fresh approach, I, I really like. I love working mm. with a clean slate uh, mm -hmm. with someone who's a good fit and you can teach people all of the things they need to know in your clinic, sure. but yep. you can't teach character. Yeah, sure. Okay, and so if we go specifics, how do you filter someone's values? Is there a some set of questions or experiments that you do with potential recruits? What do you guys do in that hiring process to check for values fit? So we do a few goofy things, actually. We, we ask all of our applicants to include a word that was actually quite random for us. We just, uh, I think I asked one of my toddlers for a word and they said uh, unicorn, of course. I have three daughters. So we asked for them to include the word unicorn somewhere in their application. That shows us attention to detail. It shows us creativity and it shows that they've gone to a bit of effort. Okay, so yeah. that's number one. If, if unicorn, often with admin, you can put out a position and get 200, 200 responses or applications in a couple of days. Right. So it is a really good filter. Then we also ask them the next stage to give us a video asking, answering a couple of questions. Again, that will rule out a number of people. People would deselect themselves at this stage if they're sure. not comfortable doing so. We don't necessarily need them to be amazing at video, but we do need them to be willing to get out of their comfort zone. Mm, okay. That Good. shows an enormous amount about their culture. So if they pass those two steps, our pool is smaller by this stage. Mm -hmm. So we'll interview a handful of people and the interview is, is all about value, values alignment. So some mm -hmm. quirky questions in there. Very much mm -hmm. inspired by uh, Zappos. Mm -hmm. Pinched a few of their questions and tweaked over time. Mm, I love it. 
That's amazing. And uh, tell me though, have you learned any lessons, any mistakes, any challenges that you've had to overcome you know, over the years of refining this recruitment process? We have. I think we initially did go more for people with experience. And yeah. so that was a really big learning that that's not necessarily what we're after. Uh, what else have we learned? I'm sure there's been lots of lessons. What, what sort of challenges come up with people who have had lots of experience? Why is that not such a positive? I'm not saying it can't work, but it just sure. doesn't have to be a game changer. So I think one of the limitations may be that uh, there's a bit of fixed mindset or people not willing to change because they've always done it this way. Yeah, so okay. I just encourage people to think outside the square there and, and back yourself as a clinic owner to say, Hey, I've I've got the skills. I can I can train someone up myself. Mm, I love that, and I totally agree. We've had instances in our clinic where you've got to help. You've almost got to unlearn or help people to unlearn some of the bad habits that have formed or mm. thinking patterns that have um, emerged in their in in their career. So, like you, we have teachers on our team, and those who have hospitality backgrounds or marketing backgrounds, often secretarial or admin work isn't the key factor, the key skill required. That's really interesting. Okay, let's mm. shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about training your admin team. You run a well-oiled machine. It is mm -hmm. uh, quite amazing how efficient your team is and how well they've embraced systems. What are some of the keys you've found? Firstly, in having admin teams understand the value of really tight training and scripts. I know some people would say that's a bit tight and it's a bit restrictive. How have you created an, an environment of empowering for teams to embrace training and scripts, etc.? Uh, so scripts is a big one. It's definitely out of the comfort zone initially, but it is definitely the type of thing that if you're doing a lot of role play, you get comfortable with it pretty quickly. So in terms of empowering our team, it's actually something that we work together on and okay. they're constantly coming up with scripts of their own. So what we've found is, is that now that we're comfortable with it and they're so ingrained in what we do, things will come up, different situations will come up and somebody on the team will say, hey, we don't have a script for this. Let's right. write one. So I really try not to be the bottleneck there and they'll go for it. They'll draft it. Someone else will, will proofread it. We'll play around with it. But it doesn't have to come down to me. So, so we've got to that place now with the team where they're initiating up. Oh, we don't have a procedure for this. We don't have a script. That mm. is absolutely my ideal. So mm. I think you probably would say that, you know, it's been deliberate to remove you and, and very deliberate to include something from the team. If it's just you pushing, it's not going anywhere, right? Yeah, absolutely. So when we first introduced scripts, we did it collaboratively and we took quite a lot of time to get the scripts right. And it's not something that, you know, that you want to step away from completely but certainly trying to include your team as much as possible. I obviously have to be involved. I'm not going mm -hmm. to just completely delegate that, but I, I do back them. We have a pretty robust training system for our admin team and it involves a lot more people than just me. So I find huge value in admin, new admin team members shadowing each other. Uh, mm -hmm. I think they're going to learn differently from several of our superstar receptionists mm -hmm. or CEOs, as we call them, client experience officers. I will do a lot of the training, but we also ask all of our new 
admin recruits to sit in and observe each of our practitioners as part of their induction. Mm. So I think that that's something that maybe sometimes gets overlooked in clinics, but the power of your CEO team actually having a good understanding of what happens in the treatment room and how each practitioner treats differently is going to enable them to look after patients a lot better and handle those inquiries on the phone. Mm. That's that's brilliant. That's really genius. Okay. And you mentioned uh, role play. How does that happen? So it happens really awkwardly at first, Jack. But (laughs) (laughs) I think... You know, we always say it's not called role serious, it's called role play. It's supposed to be funny and goofy and we have had so many laughs over, you know, one of our scripts in particular, the the late notice fee where we have to say, oh, I'd really love to help you save the late notice fee. Are you sure you can't make it in? And we've had ridiculous times of how do we say that, oh, 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 ooh, Uh, just, you know, lots of fun and silliness which I think is really important. We want to take the, take the pressure off, but just about repetition. That's, that's mm. pretty simple. Just, okay, just so on, on repetition then, do, when you say do it often, are we talking, so we, most clinic owners would be familiar with in-service time or professional development for their clinical team. How frequently are you meeting with your admin team? So our admin team members all come to our fortnightly team meetings. And then we have one-on-one mentoring for each admin team fortnightly as well. So that's a 30 30 to 45-minute catch-up with me one-on-one. And that gives us the opportunity to iron out any of the scripts. To be honest, most of the time it's them coming to me with the agenda, which I love. So Mm -hmm. they will prepare and fill out a form before the meeting to ensure that we're really using the time well. Mm. That great opportunity to go go over those scripts and role plays. And that team meeting is not just an opportunity for you guys to preach to your team, but to to do some workshopping and professional development as a team as well. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so yesterday we actually did, uh, we watched the Amy Cuddy TED Talk together, which mm. is on power poses. So mm-hmm. we all had a bit of fun with our two minutes of power posing. And then we did, we did actually did Binjang's Fight Sound Sync. Uh, mm-hmm. with our communication and we videoed each other. So I think the more that you're doing that sort of stuff with your team, the wider their comfort zone gets with it and, yep. you know, the more we can all help each other grow. I love it. And we've talked about recruiting, we've talked about training and systemizing. How do you keep on top of this sort of thing? Is there cloud softwares, forms? How do you measure the performance of your admin? Because often clinic owners struggle with, how do we know they're doing a good job or not? How do we recognise them when they do do a good job? How do you do that? Yeah, so, Jack, this is an area we're really just exploring at the moment. We have measured phone conversion rates for some time, mm-hmm. which has been awesome to just get a handle on. You know, we're, 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 uh, we call them SEIs, so our mm-hmm. service excellence indicators. We're striving for 80% phone conversion where we're just under, but just to know that number has been fantastic. Mm. So we're only just starting to put in place other KPIs for our team. It's something that we're working on at the moment. So looking at how do we systemise monitoring KPIs or SEIs such as recall conversions, product sales is an easy one, and a few other things. Yeah. 
so that we can actually, and, and to be honest, it's come from one of our team members who said, I really like how the frackies have CEIs. Mm. Can we get something like that so that we can see our growth and, and our opportunities? You know, numbers don't lie. They're going to point out at our growth opportunities in there for sure. So mm -hmm. I was pretty pumped with that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool that it drives, it's driven by the team. How do you keep your finger on the pulse? Are you using Google Forms or Asana, those types of things? How do we make sure that the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed? Yeah, so we love Google Drive. Everything's accessible to everyone. Asana, we are all over it. So <laughs> our team, which is actually amazing for me, if I have to fill, a, fill in on reception, I'm actually a bit of a nuffy. I'm, I'm definitely the worst receptionist on our team. I'm great on the phone, but with the actual tasks, if I didn't have Rasana, I'd be in a little bit of trouble. And I'm literally relying on having to click through to the procedures within our Asana to figure out, you know, yeah. how to process a protoclaim or how to clean the water dispenser. I'm not across that anymore. So it's, it's a really great resource to have Asana set up and that keeps us all accountable. Do your team feel like you're micromanaging if they have to tick off clean the water dispenser once a week? Is that micromanagement? How do they feel? I don't think so at all. So to be honest, the criticism that I would get from my team is that I am the, I don't manage enough. I'm the opposite of a micromanager. So right. they'll pull me up on that and say, you know, Fitz, you've given us this huge task to do with no you know, explicit instructions. Right. Give us some guidance. So maybe, maybe I give them, you know, I, I back them fully. But I think our Asana was actually set up by one of our CEOs. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty unanimous across the team, 100% unanimous that that's the way that we need to go. That's the best thing for our team and to be able to communicate effectively mm -hmm. amongst each other. They're effectively job sharing, Jack, but they need to be able to minimize handover so what, what can we do to make we don't want to have to say to somebody oh i didn't get a chance to do the water dispenser and i haven't put the bins out and those words don't need to be said because it's on asana so mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a good strategy for handover if nothing else yeah makes perfect sense and we use slack as well that's that's a game changer for our yeah for, for job sharing roles love it so that essentially does away with the old school communication book and sitting next to the phone, right? Oh, good golly, yes. What a disaster that was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so good. Okay, we've touched on recruiting, on training, on managing and leading. Have you got any uh, pearls of wisdom or what's one of the key lessons that you've learned in and around leadership and management of people as your team has grown? As my team has grown, I think my main focus with leadership at the moment is and it's a bit of radical candor. So mm. giving feedback I think is is the biggest thing that I've learnt and just getting straight out with it. And being able to accept it as well. I I love I love my team giving me feedback. That's really important. I need to grow as well in my leadership. So bring it on. But ditching the fluffy stuff and getting straight to it is definitely a leadership skill that, that I'm big on at the moment. Mm, okay. That's awesome. And for those unfamiliar, Radical Candor is a book 
by Kim Scott Malone, Kim Malone Scott. I got probably got her name wrong, but uh, she's an incredible author. One of my, it's probably one of my top five all-time books, Bid. I absolutely love it. So thank you. And uh, listeners, we're going to wrap it up there, but if you'd like to check out uh, Bridget and her team at Nun Awarding Soft Tissue Therapies, Bid, what's, uh, what's your clinic website? Can we check out how you do things? Sure thing. Have a stalk. So we are nstc.com.au. Actually, soon to be boosthealth.com.au. So we're in the process of rebranding, which is a whole other conversation. <laughs> oh, gee, you, you heard it here first. <laughs> so uh, that'll, that'll be in the show notes, listeners, over at <laughs> com forward slash podcast. That was nstt.com.au or soon to be boosthealth.com.au. Uh, Bridget is also much loved part of the Clinic Mastery team. So you can find her profile for a Clinic Mastery and Admin Mastery perspective at clinicmastery.com forward slash team. Bridget, thank you so much for joining us. Listeners, we hope you you enjoyed this episode and we really appreciate your honest reviews, ratings and feedback on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher or the other platforms that you listen to. Bridget, thank you for joining us and listeners, have a fantastic day. We look forward to bringing you another episode really soon. This is the Grow My Clinic podcast by Clinic Mastery, where we help you deliver amazing client experiences to grow your clinic.